Welcome to Nerd Critic, a real contender production. This is a podcast about big movies from the dual perspective of critical nerdiness, and my name is Jordan. And I am CJ. Our resident nerd. Jordan is our studied and credentialed critic. Yes, yes. And today this is an we are we are in an often an often an often shelved. <laughs> yeah, I just cannot get through the beginning. This is an off-the-shelf episode, which means we pick a movie off our digital or figurative or literal shelves. Yeah. In this case, guess what, CJ? It's off of my literal shelf. I believe that. I own this movie it was, it on was off, Blu-ray. It was off my need-to-rent-off-YouTube shelf. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfectly legitimate shelf. <laughs> um, today, today we are talking about Terminator 2, Mother's Day. <laughs> Terminator 2, colon... Mother's Day. That's the official new title. Yes. For our If the purposes. mic was in my hand, <laughs> I'd drop it. Um, uh, yeah. So we had a bit of a conversation about like, oh, what should we do? And uh, and we had a couple things come to mind. We're like, oh, it's Mother's Day. And it was like, well, are we going to celebrate every holiday? But then, but then we're like, well, it would be kind of cool to do like Alien or Aliens and talk about Ripley and like how cool that would be for Mother's Day. And then we realized... Terminator 2 is one of your favorite movies. One of my favorite movies. And it is like one has one of the most hardcore legitimate mothers yes. in all of film. Yes. So perfect. Let's yeah. do it. This is this is it, guys. Yeah, this, this is, is where we're at. This is it. Um ironically, uh or, or yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what ironically means. Does anybody actually Here's what I think. <laughs> I think the world breaks down into two people. People who think that they know what ironic means and give other people a hard time about not knowing what it means, but are wrong. Yeah. And people who don't really know what it means and just use it anyway. And if you think you know what it means, like, because I thought I did. And then I took a class where we talked about it in college and, I, and it blew my mind that it was not anything that I thought it was. <laughs> it's like, it, I mean, it is like somewhat and you just change. It's just like, it's just a little different than you yeah. think it is. Just a little bit. So yeah. if you think you know what ironic means, I bet you don't. I bet you don't. I bet you don't. Yeah. So I'm going to say, ironically, Terminator 2 <laughs> was directed by the same guy who directed Aliens, which is what we were, the other movie we were thinking about. Yeah. James Cameron, James Cameron uh, has a thing for real strong women, which is something I really respect about James Cameron. Can and I've, I've, I've taken a big dump on James Cameron in the past on this podcast. You have. <laughs> and I am not doing that today. Today is was that, all that James Cameron. That was Alita. Cam that was Alita. Yeah. Today is all James Cameron love. Okay. Just all love all the way down. Um, and we're also, we're, we're, I feel like we need to mention this one little thing, not to crap on him. But to kind of say that maybe we're doing this in honor of Avatar going down to the number two spot. Oh! oh! Gauntlet thrown! Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I bet James Cameron's cheek stings. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I, it, it's, still, it's still on the fence. Yeah. Um, but Avengers Endgame could be the number one highest grossing movie of all time. It will be. Uh, and Avatar will go down to number two. Down to number two. And it's been it's been up there a while. Yeah. It to to Avatar's credit, which uh, uh, artistically I do not or narratively I do not believe it deserves much credit, but financially it certainly does. Uh, Avatar was just the one movie 
based on nothing. That's true. Except for Ferngully. And, um, <laughs> and Pocahontas. And Pocahontas. Uh, but not part of a franchise and somehow managed to be the number one highest grossing movie of all time. Endgame took 20 movies to get to the point where it could and it beat it. And it still might not. It will. It will. <laughs> it, it will. It will. But, For, Forbes did but, say it officially. But is barely. On track. Yeah, but barely. barely. Yeah. Which is that is incredibly impressive. Amazing. And, and James Cameron has hold, held the top two spots yeah. for a while. Avatar so, and Titanic. So that was actually secretly a love to James Cameron. Yes. Good yeah. job, James Cameron. Well, um, well played. Sir. I wish that Terminator 2 held that title because it's so great. It is. <laughs> it's so great. CJ, you just watched this movie. I'm trying to I decide did. if we need to get right into it or if we want to provide a little bit of context about Terminator movies in general. Uh, I mean, just yeah, give, just give a, a quick real, flash real card. brief, real yeah. briefly. Yeah. There's a lot of Terminator stuff, Terminator stuff in the world. There is Terminator One. There's like another one filming right now. Yeah, yeah. Terminator One was the brainchild of James Cameron, and I forget, I should know, but he the, anyway. Basically, James Cameron did a movie. It was basically an indie movie called Terminator One, and it starred uh, it, uh, it starred Linda Hamilton. And um, it was about, and obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it was about a machine that comes back in time to kill her because she's going to give birth to the savior of the human race uh, to save them from the machine uprising, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, If you haven't seen Terminator movies, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast or this episode. Uh, So so I will spare you all the details because you should know. But so there's Terminator 1 and then Terminator 2, which is, Easily, easily, far and away the best of the the best in the f- series franchise. Whatever you yeah, want to call it, it's not even a question. Not even a question. Terminator Three, which is quite good in many ways, but we're not going to talk about it today. Um, and then there were a slew of Terminator so- sort of reboots or efforts at new trilogies or whatever, and they've all they've been pretty bad, including yeah. like a TV series. Which was pretty bad. The, the Sarah Chronicles. The Sarah Connor Chronicles. The Sarah Connor Chronicles. Real bad. Um, yeah. and real unfortunate too, because uh, there was a lot of potential in in that story. But whatever. There is a lot of story to tell in this in this kind of world. There, there is. But I will say that I think out of all, I, I'm really curious as to what the next Terminator that is filming right now is doing. We can talk about this a little bit more at the bottom of the episode. But there may be an opportunity for the franchise to come back. We'll see. I've lost most of my hope for it sure um, after being burned so many times but terminator 2 really does stand out as one of the best action movies of all time and a really amazingly constructed story just hitting all hitting all of the points that it wants to like really just delivering a very tightly packaged genre movie that does a really that takes a really cool conceit and just executes it perfectly yeah. um, about you know a machine that is unstoppably tra- you know chasing down a human and the human has a protector and there's this sort of futuristic stuff in mm-hmm. recognizable present day world creating havoc yeah. until the end you have a, an intimate victory like it's it's yeah. a very solid uh, formula that Terminator basically established by itself. Yeah. So anyway, I, I have a question to start this all off. Please, if I may. Yes. And it's <laughs> it's gonna sound sarcastic. I welcome. Sarcastic. But but it's not. It's I a genuine question. Welcome genuine questions that sound sarcastic. <laughs> did did this movie 
invent grunge. <laughs> no. Uh, no, absolutely not. Are, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I mean, grunge was an 80s thing, right? Okay. And this I don't movie, know. This movie, I have no idea. This movie came out in 1991. Um, so, uh, I think, I mean, you know, it was influential for sure. Like I'm okay. I, like, I'm sure that people like, cause, cause like a lot of like the style of this movie was grunge. Not, not only like, like the way that they look and everything, but just like, it was like that, that like, badass kind of, <laughs> you know, that feeling that, yeah. that when, when, uh, you know, he shows up at the bar and he's naked and he takes the guy's clothes <laughs> and then grabs the sunglasses. It was all that kind of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's yeah. like, I was, I was genuinely, genuinely curious because I was like, I know the kid was probably a heartthrob in some, in some, and so like Maybe. that feeling. He's a real good actor for, for his age. Um, okay. Okay. Well, here's the thing we have to, uh, I, I, I would like to, I would like to nerd out a little bit about this movie. Go. It's so good, CJ. <laughs> it's so good. The action scenes are so good. This is one of the most satisfying action movies. Everything just works. It's yeah. so good. Every, like every moment, the like James Cameron knows his way around an action scene better than I die than anybody. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe not that. But he's so, he's so good there. He has this way of making it feel so grounded and staying with the staying with shots for exactly the right amount of time, putting just the right movement in to get you to the next thing so that you never feel lost in the action and you always everything lands with real weight and impact. Never is there an explosion in a James Cameron movie that looks like a Michael Bay explosion. It's no. never just sound and color. Yeah. It always pushes you back in your seat yeah. every time. It's fantastic. Yeah. Every gunshot, all, all the just, oh my gosh, it's just so good. Yeah, anyway. and and uh, we were talking a little bit about it before, uh, and we even mentioned the idea of it in the Battle of Helm's Deep yes. uh, in our previous episode. Um, but, but the tracking, being able to being able to drive down like several times, drive down a freeway. And to know like where the cars are positioned, and then to like throw a helicopter in there and have the helicopter chasing this car, this this van truck thing, uh, and and you know where everyone is and the action that happens. And there's like there's at one point um, uh, the Terminator, um, the good the good Terminator. Does he have a name? He's the uh, well the T one hundred or one something. Like I think that? he's the T. T eight hundred, I want to say, and then the uh, and then T the T one thousand T one thousand, yeah. yeah. Um, I believe and, I'm correct. I hope I am for my nerd credentials. Uh, he, yeah, he's just listed on IMDb as the Terminator. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. so Arnold Schwarzenegger's the Terminator, and then there's um, the T one thousand, and then there's the T one thousand. So the Terminator is shooting the. Uh, it's either I think it's the semi truck. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, and then he's like shooting and shooting, and then he drops like a bullet. Um, and then you just get, it's a really quick cut. You get the, the bullet drops into the, the bed of the truck. It was a grenade. It, yeah. It was like a, it was like a, one. yeah, it was a grenade. Yeah. It, like it a, looked like, like, a, like a really a, big bullet. Yeah, a, a, it was a grenade for a grenade launcher yeah, the for kunk. like, or for a, yeah, yeah. 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 And so, uh, and then you just keep going, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, he drops it. And then he, re, you know, reloads and whatever, keeps going. Um, and then he comes back to it. Like, 
after they've crashed and they're in the factory and they like they all the dust has settled, he comes back to that thing, and somehow you know that like oh yeah that's legit that was there to be able to put in the because he didn't have to put that in there he didn't have to put that quick cut in there yeah. of him dropping it no, but yeah, he could have just but, found but ammo he does but he does but, need to put it in there because otherwise sure. you're just you, you're just like oh well fine he finds ammo he just great finds like, you want there to be rules yeah. you need there to be rules and he you follows need to know what those. the limits yeah. are which is why it's so cool when Sarah Connor is like you know loading her shotgun and she gets to that point where she by the way spoiler alert <laughs> Sure. <laughs> um, uh, where she gets to the point where she's she's you know blasting holes in the T one thousand. I'm I'm like right at the end of the movie here. Yeah. And 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 he's like very she, she she gets him right. She like she uh oh, what's the word I'm looking for? She ambushes him. She gets the drop on him. That's yeah. Like, she yeah. gets the drop on the T one thousand, and it's like super triumphant. And she's firing rounds at him, and they're blowing up because, you know, and he, he can't be killed, but he can be knocked back. And and she, you know, she's kind of figured out, and you've kind of figured out, man, if you can just shove him into the molten metal, probably that'll kill him. Yeah. And so she's like... She's also kind of one-armed because she yeah. got stabbed yeah. earlier. So she was yeah. stabbed earlier. She's like and, bleeding, and, and she's like limping, cocks it and she's with like one cocking arm. with yeah. one arm. Yeah. And, and she's ripped in a yeah. tank top. Oh, and, my gosh. Yeah. And she's like... Pumping him full of these th- anyway, and then and then and then she like cocks it again for the final shot and yeah. click like <laughs> just nothing. Yeah, and and you're and and because if you've been keeping count, that's how many rounds the gun it's holds. So wild, and it's just ah, it's so perfect. Yeah. And then he like you know forms back up, and he's like, ha, gotcha now. <laughs> anyway, yeah. oh my god, yeah, it's the, it's those little things yes. that James Cameron seems to to always think of and know to do, and they're the little details that are that are easy corners to cut for yes. most directors. Yes. But but it adds so much to it if you don't. And, oh it, and it's gosh, one of those things yes. that can fall through the cracks and like you either forget or it's not worth it or yep. whatever. Or editing, it falls through. And it just, it, it and it doesn't work as well. That's one of the attributes of James Cameron movies that, that works so well. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. I also wanted to nerd out about, about the T-1000. Oh, okay? gosh. First so, time. First what? time that was done in a movie. The, the 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 like liquid, liquid metal, metal? yeah yeah and it was it, the first time that they hit that they did CG effects I think ugh. it won the award like yeah. best like best special effects of the decade or whatever it was like 1991 yeah and they were and like it, how did you know that <laughs> they would never be beaten nine in nine years or whatever anyway. yeah and it was um it, when it was released it was the most expensive movie yeah of uh, of that you know, up till that moment and I think a probably lar- a, lar- a large amount of that probably went into the special effects because yeah. they're not terrible also they even just, today they just destroyed a lot of stuff they did dest- <laughs> they did destroy a lot of stuff uh but the T1000 I was thinking about it like I was legitimately trying to think of a more, like, a scarier, like, adversary. It's tough. Because the dude can be anything. Yeah. He was, and I was, like, and I was, like, not convinced of it. I was, like, oh, no, he's really intense and really scary. He can, like, turn into, but, like, he can't be guns or gas or anything. But then, but then... He was the floor. He was the floor. And I was like, oh, no. Like the, <laughs> oh, this he, doesn't bode well for the other characters at all. <laughs> no. Uh, and I was – and, like, the casting. Yeah. The dude was oh, so, so robotic. He's a good actor, too. Um, and it's funny because uh, Arnold Arnold, Arnold, mm, Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger there you go. is not a great actor. He's okay. Uh, he's good enough. 
but he's a fantastic cast for the T-800. He's a fantastic cast for the Terminator. But the T-1000 is not that same no, thing. It's different. Not. And they actually got a pretty dang good actor to fill yeah. that role. Yeah. He's really good at being scary and menacing and, and emotional. Calculated. And calculated. Yeah. But also really good at like turning on like, oh, I'm human. Yeah. Right? I'm just a cop looking it. for your foster kids. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. <gasps> 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 that's very scary. Yeah. It was, it was really intimidating. And it was just like so cool like like this movie a lot of the times i found my boyish self like the one that grabbed the two action figures and jammed them together (laughs) and was picturing a big fight but i was just like it was like appealing to that kid in me where i was just watching and like big explosions and like they're really going at it and it was like how we've done a lot of car versus car Let's have him be in a helicopter. Yes. How's he going to get up there? He's going to he's going to jump on it, headbutt through the glass, and then melt through and throw the other guy out. Amazing. Like like it's oh, just amazing. it is what it is what every like like boy wants to watch. Yes, I love it. Yes. Oh, speaking of the, uh, oh, sorry, I have to reference this. <laughs> speaking of the T one thousand, how terrifying he is. Do you remember Wayne's World? I mean, I remember. So there's a it. there's a scene in Wayne's World where they get pulled over by a cop, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh no, we got pulled over by a cop," and they're like nervous. And the cop, they you see the cop like stalking up to the you know in the side view mirror, yeah. and then the cop leans down, and it's it's that actor in the helmet, <laughs> and he just holds up a picture and says, "Have you seen this boy?" <laughs> and they're like, "Ah!" They like drive away. It's so great. That's good. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, it's funny. I did that's not when I realized that. Wayne's World was a funny movie. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, the action scenes in this movie are fantastic. Yeah. There is there's a couple of sequences that always stand out in my mind. Um, one is the the semi truck chasing the motorcycle down the yeah. canal, mm-hmm. the dry canal. Which is just such a good scene. Yeah. When the semi truck like bursts through things mm-hmm. and it just and the shot doesn't change. It's like it's this static, like it's this static tracking shot on the truck and it in front, just like like you know, and it doesn't move, and you're just you're just like following the truck and it's it, and what what it, what this does is it communicates um unstoppableness. Yeah. Right? So you're on this you're on this like front bait. You're like looking back, like as though you're on the back of the motorcycle, watching the truck, yeah. constant speed, tracking shot, and then boom! It like comes through the like it like the the top gets sheared off by a bridge, yeah. right? And it's just st- and then and then like and then the T1000 just pops back up, and he's yeah. like still here, yeah. and you're like what? And it doesn't move. You're just like and you feel you feel the impact of that yeah. moment because like you're just sitting there. You just have to watch it, and it's the same thing when it like comes barreling through the fence and the fence just like just you know explodes open it's just like boom it's like not even there and the truck just doesn't even slow down and you, and and you're like oh that's what's after them yeah good luck yeah i actually <laughs> i took mental note of that scene because i was really fascinated with with how the how it almost came across like like the like the truck was alive. Yeah. Like it was like it was a monster. Yeah. Uh, and then like the T one thousand was its eyes. Yes. Like it like oh it got hit and it's like oh but the monster's still moving it and then it opens its eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like it was they it, like uh, uh, the the truck in that moment became a character within itself yep. in this unmovable kind of force. Yeah. It was amazing. 
Um, the other scene that uh, always is just, I think, one of the most powerful sequences, action sequences in any movie is the heist where they try to, where they they break in and try to, when they want to blow up essentially uh, Skynet yeah. or um, uh, no, it's well they they originally the went it in... was originally Skynet, but then it was uh, what's the word? What's the name of the company? It was. Was it not Skynet? Some, something, something dying, something. Di- oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. I'm embarrassed, and I. Uh, I mean, be. I saw it two days ago, and I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, so. there's a company that the guy works at, Miles yeah. works at, and so the guy that was that was going to advance technology, yes. so to the point that it becomes self-aware, and then yes, exactly, it. and yeah. and and it, and they did it based on the artifacts from the first movie, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. It doesn't work timeline, like timeline doesn't make any sense. It's so weird, but it like t- kind of works internally. Sure, like, yeah. So they send a machine back in time, and that ultimately becomes the thing yeah. that inspires the technology that becomes the thing that sends the thing back. Anyway, yeah. what is crazy? Yeah. Anyway, so they go back to Miles's place of business to destroy all the servers and to steal the the robotic arm and the chip, and the chip yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that whole sequence is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. The way that they load up with all the firepower, they go in there and then like the 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 terminator just like kind of obliterates any obstacles to like getting into the place. (laughs) They set all the charges, the straight up tragic death of miles, which is, Oh my gosh, which is brutal heartbreaking. Yeah. You're like, you're like, you're like, Gasp crying during that scene. You're yeah. like, no. Because they just established him as a caring oh, so, father. Yeah, he's and like a husband. wonderful person. Yeah. And then he's sitting here with like holding a weight above the trigger and he's like, I'm not sure how much longer I can hold this. And yeah. you're like, but also he's so badass. Like but I want to give give some 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 cool credits. To uh, when the Terminator is like, I'll handle the police. Yes. And John's like, you said he wouldn't kill anybody. And he's like, trust me. Yes. And then he just pops kneecaps. Yeah. He just knees all of them. And uh, yeah, and then oh my just gosh. kind of explodes. To get and that out of- scene, the scene where he is an uh, like, uh, th- there's, there's so many little moments that make that work. Like him unleashing like the hell fury of his arsenal his personal arsenal on them and he's got like a minigun and the way that the cops on the ground call out certain things like he's got a minigun like they're they're, like ducking for a cover he's like and then it's like like, oh my gosh that's really scary sounding anyway and he starts like and then and then when he's done with that he drops on the floor and you and it's this low angle shot and you hear it like just thud on the ground (laughs) it's like breaking a hole in the floor and then like he unslings his grenade launcher yeah. and he starts Dunk. lobbing him into the Dunk. cars and it's just like <laughs> boom, boom. and then like <laughs> and then you hear after like it's kind of done and like he's and he's kind of like surveying his work you hear this like you you hear the helicopter and you get, it kind of comes in from the side and there's like the, the, the guy who's like driving just kind of like just you you don't even see his face but you sort of hear it in his voice it's like it's like a war zone down yeah. here like, <laughs> yeah. and you're like it's just so it's <laughs> unrelentingly cool yeah, like it really if is. you want like and and once again this is this is a perfect example of something that has been so carefully calculatingly set up 
to be cool. Yeah. Like, we've established this guy. We know what he can do. We know what his vulnerabilities are. We know that he's not very vulnerable. Yeah. And we know what he's willing to do and what he's not willing to do. We know we know all this stuff. And we also understand the magnitude of the response. Mm -hmm. Like, when... <laughs> When, when John goes out and he's like, hey, cops are here. And, and his mom's like, how many? He's like, oh, all of them, I think. <laughs> like, and, it's like, and because there's literally yeah. an army of police outside. <laughs> so just like being able to get set up all that stuff and then seeing just this and, and being able to soak in the moment when he just sort of just slowly walks out to the edge yeah. of the building. And he's just like, and then he surveys everything and you know what's going to happen. And just yeah. letting those moments sit to build up the anticipation until he starts opening fire on everybody. And it like, yeah, you don't, you don't get cooler than that. Yeah. And it's bit, and it's because they just knew what they were driving toward and they never missed a turn, you know? Mm -hmm. So you just get there. It's yeah. so good. I love that they, uh, so one of my pet peeves in, in movies is when it's kind of the Jurassic park issue where the sequel uh, because it has to raise the threat level, the sequel raises the threat level to the point that the first movie has no stakes anymore. Cause you're like, Oh, this is puny. This is nothing. For example, in Jurassic world, the way that they beat that, uh, the big dinosaur is by releasing the T-Rex, which was the main threat in the first movie. Yeah. But now they're willingly releasing it. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, but now the first movie doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I love that they didn't do that in Terminator because they have like, oh, the bad guy's now the good guy. Mm -hmm. But they but they didn't like the good guy is still an incredible force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And like humans can do nothing, but because he needs to be vulnerable, we're going to we're basically going to make the threat the exact opposite, right? The the Terminator is a giant hard, rigid robot. Yep. What they do is they make the other guy smaller, sleeker, uh, not hard, like literal liquid, yep. and there's nothing that you can do. Yep. And so it's like they didn't overlook what they did in the first movie. They like evolved it. And yep. they evolved it in a really clever way. Like like, And it's like one line of dialogue where it's like, oh, this is the good guy now. Yeah. Right? And he's like, yeah, you sent me back to protect you. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that, I mean, that's fairly simple. And here we are in the second movie, uh, totally understanding everything that's going on. It's yeah. incredibly impressive. Yeah. It, it, that's a great observation in terms of like just character design. That's, that's a fantastic, fantastic observation. It's one of many examples of how, how, in, how intentional and smart, um, the, the, the choices were. In, in how to construct this movie in, foundationally. Um, the, one of the things that I really love um, in terms of <clears throat> establishing character and arc early is that when, and this is actually even better in the first movie, but I, we won't talk about that right now, but basically when um, the Terminator arrives in the present day in his, you know, in his time travel bubble um, naked uh, for reasons unknown, <laughs> Uh, anyway, he gets up and his first, his first, uh, location that he goes to is a bar and he goes into the bar, the, uh, like a hard biker bar. Yeah. And it's a great way to establish that he's the hardest of them all, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's also really funny and kind of 
uncomfortable because nobody likes to see someone get thrown onto a stove. Um, oh. Anyway, oh. so, uh, but you see this kind of like this establishment of, you know, here, it, it, it's a great establishment of, of his character. You know, like, here's a guy, here's, here's what the Terminator is. Like, if you didn't know, he's a machine. He's very calculating. He's just going to go in. He's going to ruin everybody who gets in his way. And he's going to get what he wants. And he puts on these clothes and he puts on these glasses. And it's all played kind of for comedy, but also very important establishment. Anyway, what he ends up being is a villain. He's dressed in villain clothes. Yeah. He's coming from a villain place. He's wearing villain sunglasses, yeah. and he's riding a villain Harley Davidson. Yeah. Yes, it's very cool, yeah. but it's also villainous. And we saw him do a bunch of villainous things in the beginning. But then, then you see where the T-1000 arrives. Mm-hmm. T-1000 arrives, there's a police officer who's like, what is this magic bubble that appeared? Like, what's this weird, like, why is the fence melted in a perfect circle? Yeah. And then... The T-1000 comes up and skewers him and takes his clothes and gets into a cop car. Yeah. And he is the hero. Yeah. He is dressed in the civil authority. Mm. He he has all of the power. Yeah. He, he goes, he immediately goes to the computer and looks up all, he looks up Connor, the yeah. Connors. Knows right where to knows go. Knows exactly where to go. Mm-hmm. Has all of the authority to get there. Yeah. When he shows up at John's house, he is a police officer mm-hmm. with a picture. Immediate saying, trust. Yes, immediately you trust him because he's wearing a uniform. Yeah. And so and, and so the difference here, and then of course, when the Terminator shows up to try to do his thing, it's like, Oh my gosh, yeah. this guy's gonna kill me. Yeah. Why would you think anything else? He's walking <laughs> he's, down the street with a shotgun. Yes, and he's, he's <laughs> come. I believe that Harley belongs to him. Yeah. Like, and he's going to kill me. I yeah. can't see his eyes. Yeah. Like, and so, and so the way that that is established, I mean, certainly there's a, there's a sort of a, a, a delight factor, and it's like for fun, but also it's a great way to make a villain way more menacing and terrifying mm-hmm. because it's like this is a, he has, he has, instantly um just just sucked all of the power onto himself yeah so it's like we 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 have uh, the best way to establish a, a, a classic narrative arc like this is to put your hero in a position where he is the weak one from the beginning mm-hmm. you have no power yeah you have no you were never like if you had a face off against the villain right now you'd die the end right so um then little by little you become you know which is why John Connor is a child in this movie. Yeah. Um, is so that he is totally vulnerable. You know that he has zero chance. He's an orphan. <laughs> yeah. In the yeah. first movie, Kyle Reese, there's a similar thing. Kyle Reese shows up and he's naked and he's running around and he looks like a homeless person. He has to literally like steal a homeless person's like coat and then like go steal shoes from a store. And he's like, you know, running from the police and he's like down dark alleys and he's in like a dump basically when he starts off. And then the Terminator, you know, comes up, you know, appears at the very top of the city and like sort of puts his hands on his hips. And he's like, I own this place now, you know? So it's perfect. It's a perfect similar thing. Um, And so uh, anyway, yeah, there, so, but, but we see, you know, in, in the first movie, Kyle Reese being the hero, like, He's a full-grown man and not totally powerless. Yeah. So eventually he's able to do enough, just enough, to be able to save the day, sort of, or at least allow the day to be saved ultimately by Sarah Connor. In in Terminator 2, John Connor is toast yeah. without the Terminator. He's a kid. So he's totally powerless. The only power he has is in his ability to combine, to to uh, manage the, Termin- the Terminator and help the Terminator become better and also help 
combine forces with his mother. Like, there's much more character stuff going on. Yeah, That's yeah. his power. Yeah. It's not, like, physical at all. Yeah. Well, to, to jump on the uh, kind of the Terminator painted as, as the bad guy. Uh, well, because one, he, he he was the bad guy, right? So that's automatically yeah. how we see him. But it also makes the the moment that he walks out of the elevator yes. and Sarah <laughs> runs into him. And the music, like, yeah, yeah. Boom. And, and you're like, just, oh, no. And you realize, yeah. oh, no. Like she, first of all. And she's got major PTSD. Yeah, like, major. To the point, untreated yeah, major PTSD. To the point that, like, like you, uh, you kind of wonder if she thinks that she maybe might actually be crazy. Like, there's yeah. a, there's enough, oh, yeah. there's enough that goes on in the psychiatric ward that yep. that you you're sitting there wondering, like, does she actually believe? Like, she thinks that she believes it, but like, she's been there long enough and. I don't know. And then and then it all comes rushing back when she's on the ground <laughs> scrambling away from this terminator that has a shotgun and looks like a bad guy um, and was very much the, the bad, bad guy. guy. Yeah, so it's yeah. like like everything that they did in the first movie and this painting of the bad guy at, at the beginning of T2 like kind of led up to that moment yep. where like what was she possibly going to do and the the trust between her and and her son and and yep. all of that yeah. yeah it's incredibly it's well constructed well man. constructed yeah um and also the scene where uh the where the T1000 is like is like walking toward them and then like melts through the bars and then like some people turn around they're like wait who's that yeah <laughs> and then, yeah and it's just like it's anyway that whole showdown the the the, the escape sequence is another uh really i'd say in in the in the annals of cinema history an underrated action sequence where you get to see Sarah Connor by herself yeah. escape an, a high security mental institution yeah. like it's very cool and uh, I mean the first shot that you see of her in this movie is doing she's, she's flipped her bed on, on its side yes. and is doing pull-ups yes. it's, an, um, it's fantastic and she's pretty shredded yeah. Uh, yeah it's really cool I love the um I, I want to call it the pathos of this movie. I love the tone of dread of Judgment Day. Mm. It's it's one of this is one of the reasons that this movie has stuck with me so much. Like, I mean, I could go all day about how awesome the action sequences are. Clearly, I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> we've, sure. scra we've scratched the surface, <laughs> CJ. Um, but uh, the thing that sticks with me the most, actually, is the music and the tone that is that is, I think, has been unmatched by any other sort of uh, movie like this or that's trying to be like this. I think the only movie that maybe even comes close is like Mad Max, like yeah. Mad Max Fury yeah. Road, which is a totally different animal. Yeah. And it's post-apocalyptic, where this one is like like pre-apocalyptic. Yeah. And there's something that's like very, very compelling, especially, you know, I mean, I grew up in the 90s. I'm an 80s kid. And when I was born, the, the Berlin Wall hadn't come down yet. And we were still in very much a Cold War with Russia. And that, the, that lasted for so long. And the nu nuclear arms race lasted for so long and had so many people terrified of a nuclear holocaust that it was basically baked into the psychology of the people that I grew up with. Mm. Like, uh, the idea of a, of a... And I remember, <laughs> I remember fairly early in school, I think I must have been in like... 
I don't know, sixth or seventh grade or something, we watched a movie called, I think, I think it was called The Day After or something. Not, I'm not talking about the Roland Emmerich film. I'm talking about this like, this like TV movie from the 80s where basically a town gets nuked or a city gets nuked nearby and then you see the sort of ramifications of fallout and like people trying to survive in like the 80s. Yeah. And it's really troubling as a child <laughs> to see this, this, these things happen. Anyway, and so there's always, for me, I've always had this, uh, like I, I definitely inherited some of that like nuclear holocaust anxiety and so the imagery of Terminator 2 Judgment Day, it's actually not called Terminator 2 Mother's Day. That was, that's just what this episode is called, <laughs> in case you didn't know. Anyway, <laughs> it's called Terminator 2 Judgment Day because it's, it, the whole thing is about trying to avoid Judgment Day. Yeah. Judgment Day being the day when all of Earth's nuclear arsenal is unleashed upon itself by the artificial intelligence that has become self-aware to wipe out humanity. Yeah. And the image that they use for that, as incredibly unfair and cheating as it is, is of Sarah Connor with her baby boy yep. in a park, yep. getting burnt to ash by Melted a nuclear faces. blast, yeah. and then, and then, as Ripped Sarah apart. Connor puts it, blown apart like leaves, and like, um, and it's just, it is a harrowing image yeah. and very visceral and present for the people who watched that movie for the first time in 1991, right? Mm. I mean, like, it's very fresh. The idea of the Cold War is still very fresh. And in 1991, we had no idea uh, how sort of broken the Soviet Union was. We had no idea that, like, that they really, that you know... Whatever. Like, it sure. wasn't as much of a risk as we thought. Yeah. Um, but so at the time, like, that was still very much something people were afraid of. I did, like, nuclear bomb drills in in school when I was in grade school. Crazy. Like, which it was, like, pretty dated by that point. Like, people should have known better. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> yeah. we did it anyway, you know. Anyway, so, like, that image and that idea suffusing the movie with an, a sense of, like, existential dread. Yeah. Like, the stakes could not be higher. And we've made them very intimate by showing a mother um, fearing for the very specific, which is her child. Yeah. And wanting to avoid this future at at literally all costs. Mm -hmm. So that she would, as we learn in the backstory, she would bend her life around the pursuit of avoiding Judgment Day. Yeah even though she was the only person in the whole world that knew anything about what was coming, right? Yeah. It's just, like, so cool. Um, that, that tone being established is so critical to the, to, the, to the success of this movie, at least for me. Yeah. Um, and, and, the, and then the music, the, like, sort of industrial rock, you know, the industrial sort of grunge yeah. music. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it just gets me. Yeah. You know, it like really, really gets me. Yeah. When I when I'm about to do something epic in just in my life, um, that's <laughs> that's the music. That's the music that I play in my head. That. Dun 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 dun. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then if I'm if I'm gonna do something that's adventurous, it's Pirates of the Caribbean. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I I am just gonna say that I looked up when grunge was popular, and it said Google said that it hit the mainstream in the early nineties. Oh, okay. Well, so I stand corrected. it was not because of this movie. No. But it definitely no, this movie lived was, in that. This movie feeling. was was taking was uh, yeah. inspired by the zeitgeist of grunge. Yes. Sure. Yes. And that I would have said yes. 
It did not inspire grunge, though. Yeah, like, yeah. It did not start grunge. It was, it was inspired a product grunge. of yeah, grunge. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Uh, something, uh, an interesting... <sighs> Kids at the arcade. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I... I uh, so there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, an unexplored something that... Uh, okay, given I haven't seen Terminator 3 in maybe ever, I'm not sure. We'd have to talk. I about recommend it. it. Is I that think it's is good. that is that when the woman is the bad yeah. Terminator? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, it's ringing a bell. It's anyway. not amazing, okay, but it's pretty good. Well, I something that I want to see explored that I feel like is a really valuable like character arc uh, development situation is this like to put it bluntly uh, without tact is the daddy issues that John has, right? Because you have because there because Kyle Reese is. Not born yet, and somehow his dad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, figure that out. Good luck. And then, uh, and then, so and then, so he he hops around from place to place, preparing for the apocalypse, uh, and and learns that he is essentially the chosen one, and he's with his mom, who obviously fulfills a very masculine role mm-hmm. in his life. Yeah. Uh, he learns weapons and all of that from the Terminator and from his mother. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then. And then attaches himself halfway through the movie to this Terminator. Yep. Right? This Terminator is the father figure now. Yep. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and so at the end, and that's why it's so heartbreaking at the end, when the Terminator has to kill himself and, and John just, he refuses. He's like, nope, don't, don't do it. It's very obviously because he has... No, no father, father. Yeah. and that and it, and and there's even a monologue about it yeah. where uh where i mean even Asta la vista baby came from that kind of relationship of like him teaching his dad how to be cool yeah. right that yeah. like it, there, it was there was a lot seated in that and 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 sarah even has a monologue of watching my son with his terminator you know, made me be grateful for him because he's not going to leave and he's mm-hmm. not going to do this and all of that. Um, and, and he can be always be there for him. Very obviously. I mean, it's, getting be, it's beating the you over idea. the head. It, yeah. We're, we're going to talk about some flaws of the movie. The voiceovers, the voiceovers, a little rough. We, we sure. could have done without him. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but it is definitely, it is definitely laying this foundation of Terminator is the father figure. We're going to take yep. him away at the end. It's going to be heartbreaking. Yep. Why that it any normal human this psycho relationship with a father robot would definitely have some psychological ramifications in the future. Mm-hmm. So where's that story? Well, you know what I mean? I want to see. I want to explore like like John Connor's daddy issues kind of propelling him to be the man that everyone needs him to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like there's potential there. I think you should watch Terminator 3. Oh, okay. It's not it's not I wouldn't say it's like a satisfying treatment of what you're talking about, but like it definitely it definitely does some things that are pretty cool. Okay. All I, right, I'll I, check it out. I think the casting choices were a little off for John Connor specifically, but like I don't mind it. I think Terminator 3 is a pretty cool movie. Um I think that it does about as well as it can by with basically trying to uh, recycle almost the exact same formula again. Is, um, so is it your love of Terminator 2 that overflows into Terminator 3 a little bit? No, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I'd say like a little bit, but mostly uh, Terminator 3 is like 
a, a, a not bad action movie. Hmm. It's like a pretty good action movie, and like it's a pretty good story. And Claire Danes is awesome. Uh, she's just a really a real pleasure to watch. And like Arnold Schwarzenegger is great again. And like there's yeah some really great like the, so when you watch a Terminator movie. You want to see certain kinds of action sequences yeah. that are really good in the first one, even better in the second one. And if you're going to watch a Terminator movie, you hope to see that kind of thing again, right? And so it does like there's a road scene that's pretty great. Um, there's a there's just like and there's like a, some one on one stuff between the Terminators that's pretty great. Uh, and then the story itself has a, some interesting things to say about the time paradox stuff, Got like it. what happens and why and how things go. And I actually. I actually have a secret. Well, not so secret. I just don't talk about it very often because people don't freaking care. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I have a love for the ending of Terminator 3. Mm. And I don't want to ruin it for you, but I think the ending of Terminator Terminator 3 is pretty bold and beautiful. uh, And that's probably the main reason that I like the movie. Interesting. Okay. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about T2, which is... Uh, which is which is which uh, is its kind of own movie. I feel like you could watch Terminator Two having seen no other Terminator property. Totally, it's very very standalone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, so it's action mm-hmm. we've established. Is that why it's one of your favorite movies? It's just like it's real cool. So okay, there I have I have a very I definitely have a soft spot for smart action movies. Okay. Like, this is why, and we've talked about this before, this is why the Mission Impossible franchise is one of my favorite franchises. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it's action movies that are not, like, brilliant, but they're not stupid. And they're not treating you like you're stupid. Yeah. Like, they are, they reward, they reward attention and cleverness and investment. And, like, yeah, not stupid action movies. And, uh, and Terminator 2 is very much in that vein. Um, also, uh, I mean, I, lo- I love good action movies. I always will. And, it is one of the best. So there's that. I love good sci-fi as well. Mm. And this is dang good sci-fi. Yeah. It's really good sci-fi. And the reason it's such good sci-fi is because it's incredibly grounded. Like aggressively grounded. Everything that is that everything that happens, like all of the materials, the mise-en-scene, so to speak, of Terminator 1 and 2 is extremely familiar. Like Again, aggressively familiar. Like nothing, nothing from the world that Sarah Connor and John Connor and all of the people around them. No, nothing from the world that they inhabit is unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. Everything is like stuff that you've like dealt with before. You felt it. You've seen it. You've been there. You've yeah. you've touched it. Whatever. Um, it's been part of your life in some way. And so basically, uh, we're taking a sci-fi element, the Terminator, which is very contained, just an, uh, a a robot. In this case, or or two of them, in the case of the second movie, and we're planting them into the familiar. Mm-hmm. So what you see is uh, the clash of modern, like what we understand, the familiar, grounded world that is that is tangible and feels totally real, um, invaded by something that is not familiar, and that is very that is frightening from the future. That is you know that is essentially wreaking havoc on our very familiar world. Mm. So that's where all of the that's where all of the sort of the violence, the impact of the violence comes from is that we've the, we we see these these science fiction elements yeah. being put into a very familiar world. Mm. And that that's that I believe is the formula for why 
the Terminator movies have been successful or that Terminators 1 and 2 being sort of groundbreaking because they they did this better than I don't know of any other movie that, that has done it that well. Yeah. So it's a very, very cool deployment of science fiction. Science fiction is hard to get right because if you make too many things unfamiliar, then we just stop caring about anything. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know what any of this is, so why do I care? You know? Hmm. Um, anyway, so that's... Cool. Yeah. That's, that's a really interesting uh, kind of deconstruction of it. I like it. Uh, is there are there things that you wanted to talk about for the not so nerding out portion? <laughs> um, uh, probably. Uh, you probably I, have a couple things. Uh, just the, the really my only gripe with it. Um, which, I said I don't love the voiceover, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, but I feel like maybe that falls into this gripe a little bit. Um, there. Much of it aged very well. Mm-hmm. There's some things about it that just did not age well. Yeah. Um, and, I, and and just just like more so than, you know, <laughs> than Terminator really being able to do one task at a time, right? Like any time that we see it through his point of view, it's like 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 scanning for human casualties. And then it says zero. But he can't do multiple things. It's just like... It's like he's doing – it's for the sake of narrative, so we know what's yeah. going on. But it's like he can do one thing, right? So the so you're Terminator – he's like not a very good computer. No, <laughs> he's not. Like like if it was if, – if there was a, a chess match between my phone and <laughs> yeah. the T-800, like my phone wins. Win. So it just runs circles yes. around him. It's yeah, yeah, like it's maybe an advanced calculator. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so there's, there's that part that hasn't aged well. But like even just – like filmmaking in general, the the voiceover kind of falling into that, um, that and some uh, I I noticed just some of the the shots. There's a couple quick zooms in there, things that that we generally don't see much anymore. Yeah, there's some filmic language. Yeah, uh, age yeah. in there. I I also I don't know. Did you watch the director's cut or the original or the theatrical cut? Do the, you know the theatrical cut? Okay. I am nearly positive because I would I would recommend that people don't watch the director's cut. Um, oh, okay. I think it's I think it's a little bit bloated. I think the pacing is kind of messed up. Got it. Um, and that's something that happens, especially oh. with. Yeah, uh, you know, I think there are very few examples of director's cuts that are like way better than theatrical cut. I think a lot of the time the theatrical cut, theatrical cut ends up being better. Ends up being better. Yeah, I just um, and and it's one of those things like this movie came out the year I was born, right? So there, (laughs) the the language has absolutely changed. Yeah. So obviously, oh, sure. I'm, it's I'm going to be speaking. It's like I mean, me a lot going of back anachronisms, yeah. uh, like filmic anachronisms. Yeah, so, it's but. like me going back and watching a John Wayne film and being like, "This is weird." <laughs> it's, I just don't speak the same yeah. language. But um, I was I- incredibly impressed with. Well, one, I was incredibly impressed with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I forget, like, hey, this works. Like, there was a reason that you were as big of a star as you were. Oh, sure, um, absolutely. And then, but, but uh, I could, like, so much of it was positive and fun, and action was on point that I, that I, it was easy to look over what had aged. Yeah, like it was that was not that was not difficult for me at all. So, yeah. um, I had a blast. Uh, and I didn't expect to be as intrigued in the plot developments of like, oh, Judgment Day, this guy, we can stop him. If we stop him, then we're good. And I was in, I was like, I, I just ex- kind of like Mad Max Fury Road where it's like it's a really long car chase and then they turn around and do it the other way. Yeah. Right. So it's like there was I did. That's kind of how I expected it to be. Like, I want good action, but I don't care about plot. Yeah. And I got good action and 
pretty good plot. Pretty good plot. Yeah. And I and I really enjoy it. It's it's not it is not a bad plot. Yeah. It is not a bad plot. And I think there are some real I think there's some really uh the, some good thematic stuff that lands very solidly. Like I really love I know it's a little corny, but I really love the no fate but what we make like mm. like sort of mantra. Sure. Um that you know when when John and uh kind of like finds his mom gone and he sees the knife sticking in the table and he like pulls it out and he sees the words no fate and he like knows what that means. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh, it's this thing she always said. She said no fate but what we make." And she said it cuz J- Kyle Reese said it mm-hmm. and he said it to remind himself of why he was there, you know? That is not fated. You know, we don't have to just accept fate. We can we can make a new fate, yeah. you know? And it's really so it was really cool and then that just and that delivers this fantastic sort of sinking moment where he's like She's going to go kill this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I know where she's going. That's why she wanted this and this and this. It's like, and she puts it all together and he's like, we have to go. We have to get out of here right now. And then they, they go and they go save him and then they blow up. Um, what is the name of the company? <laughs> I'm sorry. This is ailing you so oh my greatly. Gosh, I'm going to freaking look it up right now. Yeah. Uh, um, that was that was some somewhat of another thing that aged was just pretty much technology. Yes. Cuz it was it was impossible in 1991 to see where technology would end up. Uh, <laughs> and they definitely didn't get it right. Yes. Cyberdyne. Uh, Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne was the name of the company. That rings Cyberdyne about. Systems that the Miles worked at um, the very beginning of the movie, you know, he's like uh, yeah. He's like looking at he's like yeah. looking at the thing and he puts it back in the thing and anyway, um, yep. He was looking at the thing and puts it back in the thing. He's looking at the arm <laughs> the, and the and the and chip, chip and yeah. And he puts them back in there like and he had to open it with yep, two with the people. keys because it's yeah. like yeah, which is a great setup too by the way. Of totally. Like here are some charged objects. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of charged objects, yeah. And uh, yeah, and there's like that great like one liner where where the guy's like, so uh, where, where's that thing from? And he's like, you know, I've asked that same question many times myself. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. like, well, what do they tell you? Don't ask. Don't ask. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, it's good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I said all I want to say <laughs> about Terminator 2. Um, yeah, I, I, I love this movie. I, uh, just as a, last, as a last thing, I will say, in the spirit of this episode, which is, which is dedicated to, if not all about, Mother's Day and also Judgment Day. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should we should. Linda, Hamil- Lin- Linda Hamilton is... Fantastic. Yeah. She is the original badass warrior chick. She mm-hmm. is the mother that will win. Yeah. You know, I mean, that like she is so she is so great uh in this movie. She's so great that across the across the two movies, if you watch, I and I would if for no other reason, I would recommend watching Terminator One to see the character arc, arc. progression. Yeah. Of Sarah Connor. Yeah. Because she is, in movie one, she is a damsel in distress Mm -hmm. almost the whole time. And you get to see how a flustered 80s single woman living the city life, Mm -hmm. you know, waitress becomes Sarah Connor. Yeah. You know, and it is is amazing. And, like, for anybody to pull that off is just 
fantastic. Yeah, and, and it's believable. So good. It's believable every yeah. step of the way. Uh, all of the actions that she takes, she's smart and calculated, and you understand them and the emotions that she's feeling. You're like, yeah, well, duh. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I mean, it is it is the like what she did to prepare her son to be the chosen one, if you will, yep. and um and like. Yeah, I, I it, it is a it is a really cool, very kind of odd but but cool uh, father or uh, mother son mother. story. Yes, because um, yeah. that's that is that is the basis of it, right? That is yeah. the that is the heart of the whole thing. Yep. What a mother will go through to protect her son, yep. especially when the fate of the world also is in the mix. So, yes. uh, but but it's uh, I I was blown away that a movie from 1991 could get a woman so right. Yeah. Uh, and it's directed by a man. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, freaking you you go, James. Yeah. Good job. So You get the golden star. Yes, you do. You that have cool. some Oscars and you have a lot of money, but I know you've been wanting it. Yeah. And here it is, the golden star. <laughs> from Nerd Critic. From Nerd Critic. It's, the pro- it's probably going to be the most prized moment of your life yeah. is hearing those yeah. words congratulations from us. congratulations you, you know if you'd it's a like big moment. if you'd like to send in your speech we'll we'll read it <laughs> uh next episode didn't didn't you kind of throw down on him in... i said i said that at the top of the episode like I you, said, you I spoke threw, to him directly i threw a lot of shade on you james <laughs> but like this is what i was saying i still love you and this is why just stop writing. you you did you did uh you did direct one of my favorite movies of all time yeah. and that's and that's just that's gonna always be true and no one can take that away from us not even you <laughs> boom yeah uh well <clears throat> here we are at the end of the episode mm-hmm. where we talk about what's next for the terminator franchise oh yeah which is that like you said they are in the process of making another terminator movie yes guess who's involved james cameron producing uh-huh and then also, but see, so the other thing is that he didn't get involved unless, or he he decided to get involved because this particular movie is supposed to be a direct sequel of Terminator Two. So let's pretend none of those other movies happened. Cool. None of the TV series, all that stuff, none of gone. it happened. All gone. Now we get Terminator Three, sequel How of Terminator Two. Hopefully, it was supposed to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you know what? I'm not getting my hopes up at all. Sure. But I'll go see it. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so. Of course. Anyway. Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm, My, a, I'm somewhat excited. Hopefully optim or optim, uh, hesitantly optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. Cautiously. Thank you. I don't really believe that there's any life left in this franchise. Mm. I think that it is an artifact of a very particular era. Mm. And I think it was executed incredibly well for that era. And you I think, do, you don't think I think it can exist done. in this era. I don't. Interesting. I don't. I'll be, I'd love to be proven wrong. Yeah. I'd love to be proven wrong, but I've seen several attempts Granted, they were not great attempts, but still, it's there's something that just doesn't feel quite right sure. about I, I don't this, know. this franchise. I, I think an evolution times. to the franchise, like it, it can't just be what it was. But if Mad Max Fury Road can win freaking however many Oscars, is no, it it's it, it, no, I, I'm, I'm, but I think, I think, I mean, ultimately, these this is a very different thing going on, and I think that in order to succeed, it would have to, it would have to do a fairly major foundational genre shift. To work. Yeah, that's fair. That's and, fair. Um, and that's I, hard to pull and off. That, and that ultimately just makes it a different movie, which is okay. Yeah. And if it and if it can be made well 
and we can resurrect the Terminator franchise in a new way, yeah, that'll be great. But I think there's no re—we're not going to recapture or rebottle the magic of Terminator One and especially Terminator Two because those are tied to their era. Hmm. You cannot do those movies now again and get the same magic back. It's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. They're, they're different. We don't. Interesting. For one, I mean, we're not as afraid of nuclear holocaust anymore. We're just yeah. not. We don't yeah. think about it. It's not part of our lives. And so you can't like take a movie that is drenched in anxiety about nuclear holocaust and mm. make it relevant today. Yeah. It's going to be it's just it's not going to work. Anyway, so there's a, there's a lot yeah. of stuff, but it's yeah. Cool. That's uh, I'm I'm excited to see where okay excited may be a little overzealous. interested to see where it goes I am I am intrigued indeed yes um cool yeah um I think that that about wraps it up for That's me cool yeah well uh, we're gonna ask you yet again to leave a review we're still running um, we're still running the uh, the giveaway oh yeah we're doing the giveaway also I forgot uh, I forgot in the last episode to read a new review that we got. Um, and oh, so can, yeah. can I do that here? You are, you may, I okay. will allow it. Okay. You need to stall while I pull it up. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so, okay. I got it. <laughs> okay, great. Awesome. <laughs> that was the easiest stalling I've ever done. <laughs> um, it is from Deet 68. All right. D E E T 68. Uh, uh, headline, I'm becoming a movie nerd. Hey, yo. Good for you. Yeah. Five stars, which is great. We like those positive ones. Yes, thank yeah. you. CJ has sparked my interest in movies for years now. Oh, apparently I know this person. I have no idea who this is. <laughs> Embarrassing. Listening to Jordan and CJ interact regarding movies is so enjoyable. Their insights and enthusiasm are fun and educational. Well done. Oh, thanks, Deet. No idea. Apparently, if I know you, which it sounds like I do, or else that's just a creepy line, uh, because you've been somehow involved in in my life without me knowing. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> but reach out, because I don't. I have no idea who you are, Deet sixty eight. Yeah, thank you, Deet, for your great review, and thank you for protecting us against pests. Um, because because yeah. of Deet, is that like a is that like a pest control thing? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. If, the main ingredient of pesticide. Got it. Uh, does, I apologize. Does the for, average person know that? I apologize for making that joke. <laughs> Are you the only person who understood that joke? I mean, it's. <laughs> I'm not going to rule it out, but I hope not. Um, uh, all right. Well, uh, I think we're at the end here. Yeah. So um, thank you, Michael Bonmiller, for uh, this excellent outro music. And thank you, CJ, for helping me to uh, remember to collect movies like a nerd and rewatch them like a critic. And cut.